This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Sal Licata back on the fan while you were sleeping. We started the show talking about, actually, the Knicks. I forgot for a second. I was like, wait, what the hell did I start the show talking about? The Knicks, as they get a big win over the Bulls. And the reason, and look, I've buried the Knicks Earlier in the year, they're irrelevant. I understand that. However, maybe they're actually not so bad. They've won five in a row. They've looked pretty good in doing so since Tibbs has gone to a shorter rotation, a different rotation as well. Jettisoning Cam Reddish. uh, You know, obviously Derrick Rose banged up. Evan Fournier has been stuck to the bench. That has helped out getting the younger guys, McBride, minutes, quickly more minutes. You've even seen Jericho Sims in there. Quentin Grimes has been a stud and a difference maker like we thought that he could be. So their rotation has been pretty solid. And, you know, they've won five straight. They're sixth right now in the Eastern Conference. They're knocking down threes consistently. Randall's playing like an all-star the way that he did a couple years ago. Brunson has been a terrific addition and a legitimate point guard. You know, they need some consistency from R.J. Barrett, who was good last night. And Quentin Grimes provides them with something in that starting lineup that they have not had consistently. A guy who can knock down the three ball when Randall's getting tripled and doubled, whatever, doubled and tripled down in the post. He kicks it out to Quentin Grimes, and you have a guy who can knock down a three ball. They need that. Anyway, started talking about the Knicks. It, it really has been a mix of stuff. And then, of course, Zach Wilson, who has been named the backup quarterback for the Jets this weekend. And I don't love that idea. I just think that I don't believe Wilson's ready. Now, look, Robert Sala and the Jets organization feel like he has made enough progress in the last three weeks to warrant getting dressed for and becoming the backup. I mean, you saw what Joe Flacco did a week ago. The Jets right now trying to win as many games they possibly can get themselves into the postseason. Don't want to be in a spot where if Mike White gets hurt, they have to go to Joe Flacco again. Sala said it's coincidental that the timing of it with Mike White being banged up and Zach Wilson now being dressed as the backup. He said it's coincidental. And you want to buy that? Fine, whatever. Either way, I just don't... I feel like it would have been better for a total reset with Zach Wilson and then readdress it or address it. I don't know. Revisit it in the offseason. That would have been the better plan to me. And I'm in, look, I'm as intrigued uh, about seeing Wilson as anybody else. I want to see it. I like Zach Wilson. I don't want to see Mike White get hurt. I don't want to see the Jets lose. But I want to see what Wilson could do, given another opportunity. Maybe we'll find out. Maybe we won't. The Giants also have a huge game of their own. You know, Jets obviously taking on the Lions at 1 o'clock at MetLife on Sunday. Giants Sunday night football in Washington. Prime time, Danny Dimes, 0-9. Hmm, that wasn't bad, actually. Daniel Jones, winless in prime time games so far in his young career. Tenth time's a charm? It better be. The Giants want to make the postseason. See, I know a lot of people are saying, oh, all they have to do is win two games. The Eagles are going to lay down the last week of the year. They'll beat the Colts. There's no given they're going to beat the Colts. Colts aren't very good. Got news for you. Neither are the Giants. Who do you think's got the quarterback advantage? Colts, Giants. I know this. Matt Ryan is better than Daniel Jones. Always was, always will be. No disrespect. Anyway, Colts are not very good, but to, the Giants aren't good enough to be looking at any team saying, oh, yeah, that's a win. 
It's a win. Loss. Giants can't be looking at any game saying that. This is a game they have to win in my mind. To get two more wins, two more wins. If the Giants get to nine, they'll get in the postseason. To get there, I don't see how they do it without beating Washington. This is a very winnable game. A team that they tied against last time. A team that may have more talent, but not by much. And the Giants are better coached than Washington and Ron Rivera. I've never been a big fan of Ron Rivera. I mean, personally, seems fine. I'm talking about his coaching style. Anyway, huge, basically a playoff matchup Sunday night. It's an essential playoff game. And, of course, we've been talking about the hot stove season as well. The Yankees waiting on Carlos Rodon, I'm assuming, to make a decision at some point soon here. The the last report on it was yesterday. The Cardinals are not going to be willing to go to the asking price that Rodon wants. Now, that's two so far. Of the teams who were involved, the Yankees are... I want to keep forgetting the damn word. Sizable. That's the word. Sizable difference in where the Yankees are and Rodon. And now the Cardinals are saying, well, they're not going to give his asking price, which you would think would maybe play to the Yankees' favor, saying, hey, look, nobody else is going to outbid or overbid. This is our offer. Take it or leave it, bro. And it's ridiculous to think that Rodon was going to get $200 million, seven, eight years, something like that. I would be surprised at this point if he gets that. Maybe he gets up somehow to 170, 175. But even that, if I'm the Yankees, I'd go five for 150. Anyway, we wait on what the Yankees are going to do, not only with Rodon, but potentially replace him as John Heyman of the Post reported with Nate Evaldi, or they could pivot to Nate Evaldi if Rodon is going to go elsewhere. That, to me, doesn't move the needle. Nate Evaldi does not make the Yankees significantly better the way that Rodon would, assuming health, the way that Rodon would in that rotation. So then why bother? I mean, they need another arm, but if you're going to get another arm, get a big arm. They had the opportunity to get to Grom or get Verlander, and now Rodon. They're the Yankees. Stop settling for guys that the BC Mets would be getting. Before Cohen. That's a B, that's a BC Met move, Nate Valdi. AC Met, Justin Verlander. Max Scherzer. BC Met, Nate Valdi. Jason Vargas. <laughs> and on and on. And the Yankees are operating like the BC Mets. Go get Rodon. I'm not saying you got to go nuts and go to 200 million, but really you need him. And then, of course, the left fielder. And with the Mets, Billy Epler speaking yesterday, introducing some of the new relievers, uh, or, or not just the relievers. Um, you know, David Robertson spoke, but introducing some of the new pitchers the Mets have acquired. And Epler saying he fully expects to be, you know, having one of those meetings of the media talking about their lineup and the offense. Thankfully, heavy lifting is done. They were focused on pitching at the top of that rotation and then that triangle of trust, as I like to call it, on the back end of the bullpen. Don't you envision it like that, too? Diaz in the ninth, he's the point, top point of the triangle. And then as it comes down on the sides, either side, you have Robertson, you have Brooks Raley. That's how a bullpen should look in the back. The triangle of trust. And then you build it out from there. So they've done that. Heavy lifting done. Now fine-tune that lineup and add a bat that could provide some power in there. And I'm not saying it's got to be a big move. But make a move. 877-337-6666. Junior is calling from Brooklyn. Good morning, Junior. Hey, good morning, Sal. How's everything? Pretty good. How are you? Good. Hanging in there. Mm. Um, so, for the men, my thing is this. I think Billy Epler is um, comfortable with, you know, like the big bat that we're looking for. I think he he's comfortable with having Alvarez try out for that. What do you think? I don't think that's going to be the case going into the year. Now, he may get a bat, right? I think Mm -hmm. he's going to get a bat, maybe two, to try to just fill out what the team needs. You know, Mm -hmm. buckle, give him advice. Hey, we need power. Hey, we need a guy who can play a little first, a little left field. They're going to go over that and see what they need to fill out that roster. And he's going to do that knowing that they have a potential impact impact bat in the waiting mm-hmm. in Francisco Alvarez in the minors. I would be at this point surprised if both Beatty and if Alvarez 
or yes. on the team to start the year. Now, the, the other thing I wanted, you, you mentioned earlier about the, um, the bullpen. There's a name out there that I've been, you know, looking at, Andrew Chapin. What do you think about him? Yeah, I don't think the Mets are going to get him. I think that they're done with the big-name guys. Remember, he was rumored to be uh, a, a trade piece for the Mets last year. Right. I mean, I shouldn't put anything by him. Maybe they could get, you know, bring back out of, you know, go get Chafin. But then you're talking about even more money in that bullpen. I'm not opposed to the idea. I don't think mm-hmm. it's realistic. And I feel like we would have heard if it were one of the big names. Mets still do have to fill out the bullpen. I think, though, it's mm-hmm. going to be with cheaper options. You know, Drew Smith is going to be a fourth guy in that Drew bullpen. Smith. Yeah, uh-huh. I don't love him, but Drew Smith will be a guy. You probably have, I don't know if you can have both Tyler McGill and David Peterson, but maybe one of those guys. You got Lucchese in the bullpen. Now you're talking about mm-hmm. five, six arms already. I mean, it's starting to fill itself out. Plus, they signed a bunch yeah, of guys yeah. to minor league contracts. So, I, I don't think Chafin is going to happen for the Mets, but that's just a hunch. You don't think it's realistic. I, I Look, nothing is unrealistic for the Mets, but I don't anticipate that being the case. As a matter of fact, if there is going to be a big name signed by the Mets, I would mm-hmm. think it would be Adovino because they love him. I mean, if you could bring back mm-hmm. Adovino to what they have with those uh, with that triangle of trust back there already, uh, that that's pretty impressive. But I just don't know if it's going to be... Uh, I shouldn't say if it's yeah. going to be financially doable because anything is financially doable. I don't know and, if the Mets yeah, are going to do with it. With the Mets, it's, you know, it's Steve Cohen. And uh, one more thing, so before I let, before you let me go, um, what what I haven't heard Jimmy from Jersey City in a while. What happened to him? I love that guy. <laughs> I don't know. Good good question. Uh, he called last week, last Friday. Thank you for the call, Junior. Appreciate checking in. Jimmy in Jersey City has been a regular. Maybe it's because his Dolphins have been taking it on the chin lately. He doesn't want to call up and face the music. Maybe it's because the Yankees haven't made any moves while the Mets continue to spend. I'm not sure what it is. Maybe it's because he lost his perfect parlay last week. But we have not heard from Jimmy in Jersey City. I'm sure we will at some point, but I haven't heard from him this week. Jim is calling from Tennessee. What's up, Jim? Hey, how you doing, Sal? Pleasure to talk to you, man. I love the show. So grateful for Odyssey, man. I'm usually sleeping. I get up at 445. I plug you in, and you're amped up. You get me going for the day. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate that, Jim. Yeah, it's great, man. It's great. Since I left New York, the best thing that uh, you guys have done is connect with the Odyssey. But... uh, the one thing I want to say about Zach Wilson real quick is I don't want to give up on this kid. Like, I know he foobarred the crap out of his, hmm. you know, half a year last year, you know, a couple games this year, made some stupid comments, as every kid does. Um, I watched the kid. I was watching your show earlier, and I'm watching you guys are replaying or SMY was replaying his moves. I mean, the guy's got talent, so... I hope we can keep him. Um, like uh, Salah said, let's let's bring him along. Let's see what we can do. He ain't going to give us anything as far as the Jets. Us, I mean the Jets, anything, because I ain't part of the team. I'm just a fan, man. But uh, I want to keep him around, man, and just let's see if he can just figure it out. Uh, he's a good pick. He's got talent, and... I hope he learns, as every stupid young kid does from mistakes. So Right. The difference is, and no, and I think it's a good one, Jim, and I appreciate the support. Thank you for watching and listening on the free Odyssey app and watching SNY. We appreciate it. And thank you for the kind words. Hey, look, 23 years old. Imagine that. And imagine having everything handed to you the way that Zach Wilson did at 23 years of age. So you could imagine the immaturity, the stupid mistakes. I get it. That's why I'm not ready to write him off. But I do worry about him being humbled. I do worry about the legitimacy of his attitude when coming back. I do uh, you know, worry about maybe the upbringing, having him being a spoiled kid to where the teammates aren't going to like him, and that's not something that's going to change in three weeks. It just doesn't. It's going to take him a while. I'm not saying it can't ever, but it's going to take him a while, maybe the offseason. And 
right now, the focus should not be on Zach Wilson. The focus should be on Mike White and the postseason. And if the Jets can get to the postseason and have Mike White lead them there, that's where it should be right now. This is, Salah said it. It's Mike White's opportunity. Let's see him take advantage of it. But I would not be writing off Zach Wilson just yet. I still do believe in him. You know, young people do stupid things, say stupid things, whatever. He's learning. But we got to see him learn from the mistake. I want to see a humbled, less arrogant, accountable Zach Wilson. By the way, these are just the intangible things, the characteristics, the attitude, the mental aspect. Then you need to see it on the field. Jimmy is calling from the garbage truck. What's up, Jimmy? Hey, listen, Sal. I'm, a, I'm an everyday listener. I can't believe I'm on with you. I, I listen to you every morning. I'm in the garbage truck every day, six days a week. I haven't heard Jimmy from, from – it's almost embarrassing that that's my name. And, and we know he's listening, Jimmy from Jersey, because I just heard you saying he hasn't called you. Right. He he called Tiki and Tierney's show yesterday morning. Oh, and, and yeah, and he was. I think he was talking a little bit about the Yankees. But what I was more into was listening to his tone of voice because it seems like every time he calls you, he's always combative. He's always trying to pick a fight, and he's always like you know trying to argue about something. It seems like. And he what about like, what uh, about with them? Huh? How was it with them? Uh, it, he he didn't really talk to Tiki. I mean, he did, and Tiki really didn't interject. And and they ended up, you know, letting him go before he could get, you know, maybe stupid. But he, he, <laughs> he was kind of like, he was kind of a little cocky, you know, but but he was a little humble, too, with Tierney. Yeah. Tierney kind of had him in his place. And, and I don't know, you know, he, he just didn't think that, because he called, I, I, I hear him every, you know, not, not, not every day, but, you know, we hear him a lot, you know, calling you. Mm-hmm. And sometimes he's not a, a jerk, but for the most part. Yeah, I can't believe I got right. through to you and I'm talking to you. This is this is crazy. Oh, yeah. Hi, it's me, Jimmy. And I appreciate you listening. I mean, driving around all Every those day, hours man. doing that hard work. No, I appreciate it. It's great. I love hearing that from you guys. Truck drivers, garbage truck drivers, um, cops. Oh, there we go. What is that? A You're little people going, look at you. <laughs> I love it. You're the man, Sal. Take it easy. Wait, right, hold on, Jimmy. You, Happy holidays. Jimmy, Jimmy, what's a good, what's huh? a, what's a good tip? Wait, what's that? What's a good tip for you guys this holiday now, season? Now, listen, listen, listen. Is, is, is it private guys that pick up your house? Because you know what, man? I'm, a, I'm up in, in Rockland County, and, and they take care of these guys in, in some of these little hamlets in, in this county. Um, $50. Okay. You, well, how, many, how many guys you got on the truck? So three, that, that, that's three, right there. Three guys. So 50 you per give, person? Give, give, give them 20 bucks a piece. Oh, look at you. All right, saving money. And, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm serious. And, and I... I I, I know my garbage man because they work at a, for another garbage company, you know, here in the county, and, and they pick up my house. There's three guys on a truck, and I, I give them these 20 bucks. All right, there you go. You know, if they put your lids back on, if they take care of your can, <laughs> and, you know, don't don't leave nothing in and don't leave no mess in the street or in front of your home, you know, and take whatever you put out there. I mean, it depends on what your bulk is or whatever. But, right. hey, Sal, man, you're, you're the man. I can't believe I'm talking. It's awesome. Thank you, Jimmy. I appreciate you checking in. How about that? Jimmy from the garbage truck. Love hearing that. I needed that little jolt of energy here at 320 as I'm starting to fade. I don't know if you could hear it, but I'm feeling it. But that's uplifting right there. I love it. And I loved hearing 20 bucks. The biggest issue that I have, and I got to get all this stuff in order, and not, I'm not going to be able to do it tomorrow or today when I get home, but maybe this weekend. I got, you know, you got to get the card ready, you got to get the, the cash in there. And then the handoff is the most difficult part, especially me. Now, my wife's got enough on her plate. Can you imagine me going to my wife at some point this weekend or next week being like, all right, hey, if you see the garbage men come this week, run out there and give them. She's going to be like, what are you, out of your bleeping mind? Get the hell out of here. Like, okay. I, I got to, I'm not home. I can't wait on the garbage men to come. And by the way, I was so annoyed yesterday morning. Remember I was telling you, oh, it's Wednesday. Cardboard box day. Now, I have OCD, I admit it. And my garage right now is filled with empty boxes. And I don't break them down. I just, you know, I I stack them together or whatever. I'll try to fit some smaller ones in the bigger ones. You know, whatever. Make a smaller pile. But I'm not breaking them down and folding them up and bringing them out there. I just drag them out there as is. The problem is... I would have done it 
Tuesday night, but what did I say? You can't do it the night before because these boxes blow all over the place. I get home yesterday morning. It is windy as heck. So I'm like, well, I can't bring it out now at 6 a.m. I'll do it when I get up. And I get up, and naturally, these guys came at like 10.30. I'm not getting up at 10. I'm getting up at 12 o'clock. I get up. I look outside. I see the neighbor's boxes have been taken, and now I'm screwed. I got to wait another week and a half or two weeks now. Terrible. So annoying. Uh, but I love the idea of 20 per person. Maybe, you know, maybe we go 25 per person or 30 per person because they do do a, a nice job. But the handoff is the issue. When are they coming? I don't know. Where do I leave it? I got to wait for them to come. I got to sit around all day. I got to be home. I got stuff to do. I'm going to be at work. And if I'm out at work, I'm going to be running errands. I'm not sitting around waiting to hand it off. Don't leave it in the garbage can. Don't leave it taped to the lid. And it's got to be luck. You run into them. That's the biggest issue. The handoff. 877-337-6666. More of your calls on the other side. Sal Akata on the fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Salakata back on the fan. Perfect parlay coming up in about 15 minutes. We'll have some fun with Marco and Emmanuel. We'll give you our picks. I actually got to look it over. I haven't, nothing really has jumped out at me. I'll take a look at the lines on Superbook Sports and hit you with a perfect parlay. And I'm comfortably in the lead anyway. Plus, it's only Thursday. I'm only doing it today because I'm not going to be here Friday. So I'm not going to mail them in. Uh, Who's filling in Friday, man? You have any idea who's on for me? I think it's EJ Stewart. Oh, yeah, it is EJ Stewart. Are you getting any shot uh, to do some shows coming up soon or what? So I was on this past Sunday, and I think I'm in for you on Monday. Oh, okay. Yes, I'm out on Monday. It's my wife's birthday, so, you know, I better make sure I, uh, you know, be on daddy duty and good husband duty. We actually may go see Avatar. Uh, That'll be four hours of the day down. Um, But anyway, uh, stay tuned for Emmanuel next week in for me. EJ Stewart here tonight slash uh, tomorrow morning. So, uh, hence us doing the perfect parlay today at 3.40. My body clock, my football picks clock is off on a Thursday. Anyway, we'll see uh, what we could do with it coming up in about 10 minutes or so from now. Eli is calling from Long Branch. What's up, Eli? Hey, Sal. What's going on? How are you, man? Hi, Eli. How are you? I'm good, man. First, let me start off by saying I'm a big fan of you and all. I like you a lot, I like all the work you do, and like you see you on SNY and all over there. But uh, I got a bone to pick with you, buddy. Sure. Well, I appreciate that, and now I'm looking forward to the bone you have to pick with me. Um. Well, what do you call it? The, the, you, 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 you're not a fan. It sounds like to me you're not a fan of Daniel Jones, right? Well, I mean, there's what's the parameters here? I like. Dan, I think Daniel Jones has excellent makeup. I like his toughness. I like his attitude. He's like the complete opposite of Zach Wilson, as a matter of fact. I like his um, leadership skills. He's a tough kid, good head on his shoulders, and he's been able to win some games here for the Giants with his legs, making some big plays. But I don't believe he is a franchise quarterback. So if you mean if that's what you mean by I don't like him, then you are correct. I don't believe he is a franchise quarterback. 
Well, uh, my, my thing is, I don't know yet because the, the, we, we've never seen him with any weapons and with any and, and and the one time he's had good coaching with Pat Shermer. Besides this year, I'm talking about with Pat Shermer, he's he looked okay with him that, that that year and everything. The offense was okay, but it was just uh, the defense was, I believe, that year was a sieve and. Uh, Everything else was uh, was terrible. Yeah, but but, there, um, but you could evaluate Eli the quarterback without having to worry about the defense or the offensive line or the wide receivers. Now there are obviously things that would be better. Certainly, the stats could potentially be better with a wide receiver, a good wide receiver, or a better offensive line. Like I understand that, but just my, watching, my, 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 but just watching the quarterback, it's it's year four. I mean, how many years is it going to take you to figure it out? Well. Well, let me put let me, like like let me say it like this and everything with Tua and Jalen Hurts. Like everyone was telling me last year and the and the, and yeah, last year that no one believed in those guys and everything. Suddenly you go out and get Tyreek Hill, AJ Brown. You know they look like rules beaters all of a sudden. Yeah, you know? but but it's different. And look, Tua, I'll give credit to. And, and number one, they brought in an offensive guru in McDaniel's. He's supposed right. to be some brilliant coach. And they added Jalen Wadden, uh, Jalen Waddle, and Tyreek Hill, amongst other weapons that they have. They're able to run the football a little bit better. Tua has looked terrific for the most part. I know Miami's hit a little bit of a wall here the last couple of weeks, but Tua has been terrific. And you could say that yes, it's a big part, uh, you know, with the weapons there. But you still got to have the guy. You still have to have the quarterback throwing the ball. With Jalen Hurts. I remember watching him early on thinking, this guy's got it. I don't know why a lot of people didn't like Jalen Hurts early on, but I always did. And now you add Brown, and yes, he's been an absolute stud for him. But I don't think that you can compare the players. I mean, if you took Brown and put him on the Giants, there's no way he's having that type of year the way that he is with Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. I think if you give, if you give him the whole line and everything that the Eagles have, and and you put uh, let me put it to you like this and everything. I think if you put Daniel Jones on the Giants on the Eagles, I think he's he's, he's doing something very similar. No, that. see, I don't. That's where that's where we disagree. I like the comparison because it's a a good way to prove my point. There's no way that Daniel Jones is doing the same thing that Jalen Hurts is doing. There's just no way. That's where uh, that's where I, that's where I'm not sure. I think I think he could do really good with if right. If we if we get him in with something with there, yeah, I mean, I don't understand, you know, why. Now remember, this is year three for Jalen Hurts, and he's taken significant strides. Daniel Jones is in year four, and he's been and, and he's never had a coach. He's uh, never had a that's, that's that's excuses. You know? I'm hearing excuses. What do you mean he's never had a coach? He's got Brian Dable. Well, I'm talking about before this. Okay, before well, this. but how's he doing now? Well, right now he doesn't have any playmakers. Oh, yeah, that's what I mean. So I'm giving excuses. You're giving me excuses. Just watch Daniel Jones. Why can't you just evaluate the quarterback for what he is? Why do you got to worry about the coaches or the offensive coordinator or the offensive line or the wide receivers? Like, like you you made the point up before and everything that he's over died in prime time and all. Um, so like the, um, like, and you brought up the, the Cowboy game and everything. I actually think he was, he, he was, he was going down the field and everything in that game mm-hmm. and everything in the last two minutes to beat the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. But, uh, for, he does, if David Sills doesn't slip that game and it's, you know, it's, you know, they, we're, you know, we're just, we're going to have to agree to disagree here. Like, I don't think Daniel Jones is good and you seem to think he is right. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's what we just, it's just a fundamental disagreement, and thank you for the call. I'm not going to change my mind on it, and I'm not going to change your mind on it. I'm just going to go based off the facts. I'm watching Daniel Jones as I have for four years. Four years. Not four games, not four weeks, four years. You can make a decision on a player. Like, think of how ridiculous Giant fans sound. When they make every excuse in the book. So what does that mean? You have to have a Super Bowl team everywhere else and then put Daniel Jones on it. And then, and only then, will he be good? Like I'm not sure what you what you guys want. Well, he didn't have the coaches. He didn't have the offensive line. You realize that it's been four years. So every year is going to be chalked up to, well, it's not him. It's everything else around him. Isn't that funny? Last year, it was the coach or the offensive line. The year before, it was the coach. 
This year, it's no wide receivers. Next year, it'll be, yeah, but the defense isn't good enough. Then after that, it's going to be, yeah, but he doesn't have a great tight end. Look at the other teams. You know, look at Patrick Mahomes. You get Travis Kelsey. He doesn't have a great tight end. Then maybe after that, it's going to be, yeah, but he doesn't play in a dome. I mean, look at some of the great numbers that quarterbacks put up when they play in a dome. It's, it's just, yeah, they got the receivers and they got the ground game and the offensive line and the good coach, but he's not playing in a dome. It's hard to throw the football in that life. <laughs> Oh, you know what it is? It's the turf. It's not him. It's the turf. At MetLife, it's no good. He can't run. He can't plant properly. It's not him. It's the turf. And year eight, it's it's got to be the uniform. The colors are off, and I think it's just too tight on him. Like, at some point, you got to look at Daniel Jones and evaluate him for what he is. Now, you same Giant fans or NFL fans in general that'll sit there with a straight face and say, well, it's the offensive line. Oh, it's the coach. Oh, it's the wide receivers. You're the same people that watch Matt Ryan and a couple of highlights of him with the Colts and say he's washed up and he's got to go. Can't have it both ways. You can evaluate quarterback play even with less than ideal circumstances around the quarterback. It's not that hard to do. Mike calling from Ridge, New York. What's up, Mike? What's up, buddy? I couldn't agree more with you. Listen, you look at quarterbacks in the league, you look at Patrick Mahomes, you look at Josh Allen, you look at Jalen Hurts. Daniel Jones isn't even in this league. What happens is when you have to – you know, play, what Gables had to do is build the offense around him. If you remember in week one, he was screaming at him on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. The guy makes mistakes. He throws 150 yards a game, and basically they're just having him as a backup quarterback. He would be a, he'll be a backup quarterback for the next five to ten years, but he, you can't compare him, and you can't even think he's a franchise quarterback. No, but they they need receivers though. Of course, yeah, you need the talent. You went and signed Galladay, who you said would uh, really be the test for Jones, but he wound up being a dud. Right. But you just see it in his game, you know. Even in, when he had a chance to throw down field a couple of years ago, it was interception, fumble, fumble, interception, just bad decision-making. Is he better than Zach Wilson? Sure, but is he in the even in the realm of top-ten quarterback in the NFL or – a guy that you would feel comfortable building around? I don't think so. Yeah. But I think the holdup for the Giants is going to be, is there someone better? Do you want to go after the Lamar Jackson? Is that play available? Is it worth it with your roster you have? And I don't know what the answer is to that. I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, go too hard on a franchise quarterback. The Giants need a lot of pieces. Agreed, which is why I don't think Lamar Jackson is the right fit. And I would draft a quarterback. They are in... The very early stages of a rebuild, Mike, to your point, they, they have a new general manager, brand spanking new general manager in Joe Shane and a new head coach in Brian Dable. Those guys should be picking their quarterback from the draft and trying to draft, develop this quarterback into what they want. Maybe Daniel Jones could be the stopgap guy for a year or two, but he's not the guy. What would you give Daniel? What would you do with Daniel Jones, though, if you were the GM? Because that's a hard question. Well, why is it a hard question as far as bringing him back? Because are you going to give him? Are you going to give him two, three years at twenty million dollars a year, or no. fifteen million dollars a year? Or no. Are you, what do you? What is he well, worth? Well, what do you think the market is going to be for Daniel Jones? I mean, like I said, I don't see any team signing Daniel Jones as a starting quarterback. Uh, but as far as being a service of quarterback for the first year of another, I don't know. Do you throw a rookie in the fire? Do you? Well, do you, but those are they're they're kind of two different things. I'm not saying you have to draft and start the rookie. Also, you know, the Giants could bring Daniel Jones back on a one year deal or two year deal, but it's got to be cheap. And I don't see where there's going to be demand for Daniel Jones. What team is going to go out there this offseason and say, hey, you know what, we could really use Daniel Jones? I mean, you think the Ravens yeah. are going to replace Lamar Jackson potentially with Daniel Jones? Like, who's who's going to look at Daniel Jones and say, that's the guy 
we want to be our franchise quarterback. Will New England well, do so? I mean, New England's got Mac Jones, right? So it's nobody in the AFC. So we could just go through the division real quick. Nobody yeah. in the AFC North. They already have their guy in Pittsburgh. Um, you know, obviously Cleveland with Deshaun, Burrow, and like we said with Lamar. I mean, what are the Titans going to be looking to remove Ryan Tannehill to get a poorer version of Ryan Tannehill at this point? Jaguars have their guy. I mean, the Colts are going to need a quarterback eventually. I don't think Daniel Jones is the answer, though, for them, right? Are they going to take well, a chance to, on him? To our point here, this is exactly the reason why Daniel Jones is not the guy. He's just not it, you know? He's a guy that, yeah, you'll remember him as the quarterback in this period of Giants history. It's not going to be a good period of Giants history. Uh, he plays hard. He's a good guy, but he's just not it. And I don't think anyone in the NFL feels like he is it. Nobody in the North. I mean, you look at, and I'm with you, Mike, and thank you for the call. I mean, are the Saints going to be looking to go get Daniel Jones? You think he's going to be the difference maker? Carolina? Now, if you're those teams that are quarterback needy, let's say Rams. Um, Saints, Panthers, Commanders. You want to throw them in there? Well, no, that's fine. Broncos, even though you know they're they're stuck with Russ for now. Colts. If you're any of those teams, by the way, there's only a handful of teams, right, that even would need a quarterback. If you're any of those teams, are you going to get Daniel Jones and paying him? decent money, or would you be looking to draft your own? For the losing teams, they're going to want to draft their own. For the teams that are looking to win, they're going to want to go after Jimmy G or trade for Aaron Rodgers or Derek Carr, potentially. Maybe Jones could be a replacement for those guys, but he's going to go the way of Marcus Mariota, who, by the way, left. What a you-know-what Marcus Mariota is. Falcons make the decision during the bye week to... Go to the youngster. The new era has begun. Desmond Ritter going to get the start against the Aints on Sunday. And Marcus Mariota just up and leaves the team. After being given an opportunity by his former offensive coordinator in Tennessee, who's now the head coach and Arthur Smith, he up and leaves the team. I mean, dude. Marcus Mariota right up there. Atlanta, they may not have championship banners to hang. But they should hang a banner of quitters with Bobby Petrino and now Marcus Mariota right next to him. You want to throw in a couple for good measure? Michael Vick, Calvin Ridley, guys who have disgraced the franchise. Embarrassing. I will take a quick break, come back with the perfect parlay on the other side, and then we'll get back to your calls in the next hour. It's Salicata on the fan. Salicata back on the fan. Week 15, perfect parlay pick segment for you. The standings after, I mean, we started this, what, a few weeks ago, a little bit before Thanksgiving. We did the perfect parlay. We threw in the Turkey Day teaser bonus. That has been the separator right now, the Turkey Day teaser. I hit the first week, the parlay. Then I hit the teaser the second week, and that has put me way out in front. Nobody else has basically been able to cash anything. No, and you've been trying to run out the clock ever since. Yeah, I'm taking knees, baby. What are you kidding me? <laughs> Get me to the end here. We'll continue it through the postseason. So right now, I am at a total of 49 points. You know, we do the parlay thing, and we have the rules here just in case somebody's listening for the first time. You know, like that guy who's like, oh, I never heard of you before. Oh, you sound all right, but I never heard of you before. <laughs> so we can pick up to four games here. That's the parlay. Two-game parlay is worth 10 points. Three-game parlay is worth 20 points. Four-game is worth 40 points. And then we will pick the Jets or the Giants game. Just the money line winner. You could take their opponent. You could take the Jets. And if you get that game right, just one, you get a three-point bonus. So we have me at 49 right now. Marco's in second with 13 points. Fleegs has six. He's not here. He sent in his picks. Those will get them uh, to you in a bit. Emmanuel's filled in a couple times. He is at plus three. He did the picks with us last week. And Brian McKean, who also filled in, he's got the goose egg. He did not hit in his one week uh, of trying. All right, Marco, I will ask you to start it off as I look to put the finishing touches on my pick here. What do you got for us? Uh, I'm going to swing for the fences again, so I'm going to go with four. Uh, I'm going to give a shot. I'm going to give a shot. No, I get it. I'm well aware, but I'm swinging. Get on the board with a two-teamer. No, no, no. no, no. I'm going to keep swinging because, you know, I I couldn't really kind of whittle it down. I didn't know which one I liked better. So I'm going to take the swing, and I'm going to try it all four of them. I'm going to start with the Vikings, laying the four points against the Colts. This is basically 
It's almost like my theme is going to be the correction. I feel like Minnesota, I didn't like them last week against the Lions. I actually kind of agreed with Fleeks. I liked taking Detroit in that spot. I thought that mm. was a tough matchup. I feel like now they they were embarrassed. I think they can go home, take on a Colts team that's playing hard, but let's face it, is not that good. And I feel like they're not going to be able to take advantage in the air the way most teams have done it against Minnesota when they've you know, they've only slipped up a few times here. I don't see the Colts airing it out and getting a lot of points. I see Minnesota getting their offense back in shape, getting on the board. It's only four points. I could see them winning this game pretty easily. Give me the Vikings laying the four. The next one is going to be a little strange in the fact that I'm going to take the Bears plus the nine against the Eagles. This is not against Philadelphia. They are by far the best team in the NFC. If they do not make the Super Bowl, to me, it's in a complete disappointment for the Eagles, the way they have jumped out and the Jimmy Garoppolo injury. You combine those two, they're head and shoulders better than everybody else in the NFC. But I feel like they have been playing so well for so long, and they've got Dallas next week. The Bears, I think, are coming off the bye as well. I can see Chicago hanging around. Philadelphia wins late, ugly, maybe even a backdoor cover. But I don't think the Eagles have their way and blow out the Bears. They'll be in control. I just don't think they win by 14 points. Give me the plus nine, and I feel like Philly with a little look ahead to Dallas, a little bit of a letdown, but they still wind up winning the game. Okay. Game three, I, I somewhat hate to do this. I want to take the Raiders. Give me the plus one against the Patriots. And Bill. Ooh, this is, you're yeah, asking for I know it. the Josh McDaniels, Bill Belichick angle. I get all that. I realize that Belichick's going to have a huge advantage in the coaching, and McDaniels is in and over his head and doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Bottom line, this is simply a pick of every time I watch the Patriots, they stink. Hmm. They're awful. Like, except, what the hell am I looking at? Except when they at? play Zach Wilson. Except when they play the Jets. <laughs> like, what am I looking at? Every time I watch them, when they win, they play the Cardinals. I know Kyler Murray went dead, but like, what am I looking at? They don't They do not do anything really well. They do a couple of things, all right. They don't do anything well. I don't <laughs> buy the Patriots. I don't see them being in that spot, in the seventh spot for the AFC, for the wild card. They're not as good as the Jets. They're not as good as the Chargers. I know they beat the Jets twice. I don't care. They're not playing the Jets. Give me the Raiders, even though they have no idea how to close out a game. They'll figure out a way. Give me the Raiders to win this game. The last one, I hate to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. The Giants plus four and a half. Oh, you're putting the Giants in the parlay. I have I have really no choice here simply because of this. I you don't, homer? I don't know if the Giants win this game. I truly don't. I don't have a great feel for this game, except for this. These two teams are basically looking at themselves, and I don't see a way where Washington or the Giants – win this game by 5, 6, 7, 12 points. I don't I don't buy it. They're they're too even. Neither one of them know how to take control whenever the other team gives them an advantage. They always seem to give it right back. They're going to play it tight. This is a field goal game or a tie. This is ugly. And it's going to be the same thing over and over and mm. over. There is no way that either team I feel like wins this game by 5 points or more. You get four and a half on the road where the Giants are actually better. Give me the Giants plus the four and a half. All right, so Vikes minus 4. That's a Saturday game. Have some intrigue there. I like that. Bears plus nine, Raiders plus one, Giants plus four and a half. And then give me the Jets on the money line. This is basically a market correction for Detroit. The Lions are playing really good football. Do I think they're this good? Do I think they're going to win out and win 10 games and make the playoffs? No. This is the spot for the letdown. The Jets have had back-to-back tough games where they've played well, but they've come up short. Now they go home. They get a Lions team that I think is feeling themselves a little bit too much. I like the Jets in this spot. All right. There you have it. I mean, those, this is a tough week for those. It is. See, last week we thought, all right, easy week. This week, is a as far as the plus three goes, is just that money line pick. Right. This is a tough one. I'm still right now, as I sit here, I don't I don't know where I'm going yet, which is why I'm going to have Emmanuel go second. <laughs> all right, Emmanuel, what do you got for us? It is a tough week. I'm starting with San Fran at Seattle, the Thursday game, the Thursday night game. Niners minus three and a half. Seems like a tough spot for San Fran. Seahawks need the game. Niners. One six straight. Seattle's struggling against the run, though, so I like the Niners to make it easier. How many on, teams are you going with, by the Purdy way? here. Fourteen parlay. Oh, another one of fourteen well, parlay. Kind of has to looking to redeem no. myself and get some points on the board. Why, if he hits one two teamer, he gets into second place. Yeah, and what does that do? First loser. He's trying yeah. to win this thing. Uh, I he mean, doesn't I know guess, which week he's going to be here. Well, right. if I were him, I'd be like, I played two weeks. I'm in second place. You guys are playing every week. <laughs> you you bums. Come on. Yeah, That's right. a great point. I could yeah, I could right. get a few points on the board Move and brag up about the it. standings. Yeah, but hey. yeah, Seattle struggling against the run. I like the Niners to make it easier on Brock Purdy here. So give me the Niners laying the three and a half. They cover and win. I'm also going with the Dallas and Jacksonville game. Hmm. Cowboys minus four and a half. The Jags are coming off that win over the Titans, but 
still the Jaguars, and two weeks ago they played Detroit and got hammered by a good offense. So I like the Cowboys with that offense. Minus four and a half, I'm taking Dallas. Saturday game, I, I like the Vikings here, too. I got burned by them last week. You did make a good call with the Texans last week, plus 17. That game right. was never in Dallas. Yeah, that, that was a close one. Yeah. So, so I got burned by the Vikings last week, but I like this as a bounce back for them. Clearly, there was a reason why the Lions were favored at home. But I'll go back to Minnesota at home, favored by four against the Colts. They get back on track. Vikings laying the four. And then my final pick is the Cincinnati-Tampa game. Bengals minus three and a half. The Bucks just dropped another zero against the Niners, and now they have to protect the division. But even when they win this year, they don't score. So I, I trust the Bengals a little bit more. I trust their offense. So so I go Bengals to win and cover minus three and a half. Okay, and then your money line pick, Emmanuel, is? I'm going Jets over the Lions. Whoa, two for two so far with the Jets. Yeah, I'm going with the Jets for my local game. Oh, man, I can't. I don't know if I could do that. All right, I'll give you my picks before I go. We'll, we'll finish up with Fleegs, and I'll just give you his picks that he sent in. The parlay is in for me. The money line is going to be a last-minute decision, and I'm just not going to be comfortable with it because I really don't have a gut feel at this particular moment with either of those games, Jets and Lions and the Giants and the Washington football team. As for the parlay, you'll be happy to know, both of you, I, too, am going for the four-team parlay. Love it. I am looking to bury everybody. (laughs) This is it. If I win this four-team of this week, you guys are done. You're toast. The perfect parlays are over. I'm starting with my beloved Atlanta Falcons getting four points from the New Orleans Aints. I just don't understand it. I get that Atlanta has not been playing great football as of late. The Aints stink. The Falcons coming off a bye. The Falcons are a well-coached football team. Mark my words. They are a well-coached football team. With Arthur Smith. Yeah, there is the unknown with them going with the rookie quarterback with Ritter. He looked good in the preseason. They did this the right way. Play him in preseason. Looks pretty good. Have him sit the entire year, 14 weeks. After the bye, they make the change. Looking to open up the offense a little bit. I like Ritter. I trust Arthur Smith. Atlanta's better than New Orleans. They should have beat him the first time. And if they did that, they could have been the division lead right now. I think Atlanta wins this game outright, and I love them getting four points. I'm going to go backwards and go to Saturday with my second pick. I think Miami's too good to be getting seven points. I know it's the Bills, and I know Miami has not been great recently, and they've struggled a little bit here, but I think Miami is good. I think they're better than what they've shown recently, losing two games in a row. Buffalo has not been overly impressive to me. Not saying that Miami's going to win the game outright on the road Saturday night, wild atmosphere in Buffalo, but seven points in what I expect to be a tight field goal game, two offenses going up and down the field. Give me Miami plus seven. Otherwise, Miami's just not who I thought they were. I think they had a rough couple weeks. I think they are more who I thought they were, and that is one of the better teams in the AFC. Give me the Dolphins plus seven. Marco, I'm with you on one of these picks. Bears at home, plus nine. One of these weeks, we're going to get it going against the Eagles. Mm. We'll we'll finally get I know we've gone against them a couple times and gotten burned here. Mm -hmm. It's not anti-Philadelphia. That's just a spot where it looks too obvious. Oh, the Eagles are going to crush the Bears. Now, this is also assuming that Justin Fields is starting. I know he's a little bit. Right. He's got the issue here. He's sick. If Justin Fields is playing, and I don't know how we can – I mean, if he doesn't play, are we just wiping that game from the slate or are you going with it regardless? Uh, I feel like once we make the pick, you make All the right, pick. I mean, enough. you kind of know that he may not play. I kind of okay. know he may not play. All right. Roll the dice. Fair enough. But I'm, I'm counting on fields in that offense, and I do think he's going to play anyway. Either way, nine points at home. I, I, I just To me, it's it seems too obvious to take Philadelphia against the Bears team the way Philly's been smoking everybody. I think Chicago keeps that game close. Wouldn't even be shocked if there was an upset and they win. Again, I don't think Philadelphia's going to run the table here and lose one game the entire year. I mean, they're going to go 16-1 and one here? I mean, I don't think that's going to be the case. So we'll, we'll see, but I like the Bears plus nine. And then the other one, and I hate myself for doing this, but I'm angry with last week. I took the Chiefs on the road, and I never take a road big favorite in a division battle. But that was a layup to me. And it should have been a layup. And it cost me, not just in the perfect parlay picks, but in my pocket, 
I took a bath on that game. How did they not cover that game? They're up by 20 plus, boy, they have 27 nothing or whatever it was. They should have run the Broncos out of the building. They let them get back in that game. Criminal. Anyway, how in the world can the lousy, crappy Houston Texans, I saw what they did with Dallas last week. This is a different animal. Kansas City generally has issues covering. I can't see them not covering this spread against the Texans. I'm sorry. I don't normally do it. I'm going back to it one more time. Burn me now. You don't do for me now, Kansas City. Bleep you, KC. You don't do for me now, Joe Boo. Mm. That's where I was getting. All right. Mm. This is it. Kansas City, now or never. Falcons plus four. Dolphins plus seven. Bears plus nine. Chiefs minus 14. I'm going to go with the Giants. I think the Giants, I trust Brian Dable. I think the Giants get the win. This is the money line pick yep. here. I think the Giants get the win. I don't know how it's going to happen. I mean, I would assume a lot of Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones running the football. Uh, this is the spot they have to win. To make this season still have that good feel to it, they got to win this game. I don't think there's any way around it. They could still make the postseason if they lose. You're not going to feel good about it. They need to beat Washington. And I think that they will. Give me the Giants in the money line for the three points. All right, Fleegs bets. Let's see what he's got here as I go to the text. He also has the Cowboys. Who had them? You, Emmanuel, had the Cowboys minus four? I do. Fleegs, I have the Cowboys. Fleegs goes with the Cowboys minus four. Fleegs was good last week, by the way. I think he went three of four. Let's see what he had. I have it right here. He had the Lions win. Niners uh, win. Big win. Right. Right. Oh, they smoked the box. Right. He had uh, Miami minus three. That was Miami the against the Chargers. Yeah, that was the one loss. So he was he was close. I think he was the closest. We all took bats last week. I, I went old for money line pick. Right. And Emmanuel, I think, hit one. I only had two teams. I lost them both. Um, so there you go. Fleeks had to. Anyway, Fleeks has the Cowboys minus four. He's got the Chargers after going against them last week. He's going, who are they playing the Chargers this week? You have that up there? Uh, I don't have the front of me. I, I got to have to look. I don't know that one. Yeah, just sorry. Well, anyway, he's got the Chargers minus three. You got it, Emmanuel, the schedule? Oh, was... Chargers <laughs> minus three. Yeah, Scoes comes in as a strategy. Chargers are playing the Titans. Oh, I like it. The oh, anti- you know what? Anti-Titans pick. That's why I didn't look at it. Because yeah, as soon t- as I saw the Titans, get, I'm, I'm out. out. Exactly. <laughs> they screwed us two weeks in a row. <laughs> I would have loved to pick Exactly the same thing. I would have loved to pick them. Uh, pick against them. So I, if Fleeks is, that's the angry bet going against the Titans. And then he's got the Rams plus seven. And then we got a little head-to-head action here. He's got Rams plus seven. Who are they playing? Oh, Rams Packers playing the Packers Monday night. Okay. And then head-to-head. Fleeks for the pick He's going with the Commanders. Oh, head to head with you. Okay. Yeah, head to you. But you guys both have the Jets. He's got the Commanders. All right, there you have it. So we're all on the board. Perfect parlay in Week 15. Let's see if the boys can close the gap or if I can pull away. Somebody just hit a parlay, please. Put some more points on the board. We'll get you caught up on anything you might have missed while you're sleeping, and get back to your calls on the other side. Right now, we're getting you updated. Here's Marco Belletti. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.